The following program is a paid commercial message. Views, opinions, and comments may not be those of WXNT AM. Any claims or representations made during the following commercial program have not been verified by the station. I'm Rich Redstone. I started my career 30-odd years ago as a tax lawyer, but I couldn't stand wearing a suit and tie and shaving every day. Then I was lucky enough to discover the Chicago Board of Trade. I worked the pits for 25 years and built a successful stock and options trading company, which I eventually sold to E-Trade. Then I took my skill of buying and selling and developed a successful online collectible and memorabilia company. Buying and selling, supply and demand, that's what it's all about and that's what I'm really good at. I'm going to show you how to make net profit. Welcome to the weekend here on News Talk 1430 WXNT and Net Profits, another edition of the show that's all about the Internet, making money on the Internet, sharing ideas, the good, the bad, learning, and then putting it to good use so you can make money. I'm Jim Burrows along with the coach, Rich Redstone. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Jim. Good to have you in studio today as well. And we are excited, too, that uh, later on in this half hour, we are welcoming to the program a building long list of guest experts. And this gentleman, one of them, Aaron Walker, who is an Internet marketing expert, is going to be sharing some of his thoughts, his ideas, and also uh, talk about some of the work that he has done for Rich via the website redstonecollectiblesonline.com and sellmeyourcollectibles.com. So Aaron's going to be here to talk about his background and uh, offer some good advice for folks out there that may currently have an Internet business or may be thinking about an Internet business. Safe to say, with the way things are with the economy, there are a lot of folks out there trying to figure out ways to make a little bit more money to put into that bank account on a daily and weekly basis. And we're going to get into some interesting talk today about memorabilia via the world of ball cards, sports cards. To me, an easy subject, since that was something I was into for uh, quite a long time. I always like to talk about ball cards. And I would imagine a good chunk of the population, Rich, especially on the male side of things. And I don't want to say that the gals didn't get cards, too, but seriously, for guys, and this is going back quite a ways, somewhere along their childhood, they got a pack of cards from somebody. They certainly did, and if they didn't get a pack of cards, then they also found, they also got them from relatives, or they got them uh, from their grandfather, and there's lots of different uh, people that are interested in that. That Profits, what uh, we're all about here, just to kind of guide you back into the show, because we always like to, uh, to re-identify what Net Profits is all about for folks that are listening for the very first time to the show here on Newstalk 1430 WXNT. We are on every Saturday from 9 to 10 in the morning. We are actually a clearinghouse of information about how to buy and sell on the Internet via eBay, Craigslist, selling through your own website, utilizing search engine optimization. It's a big, long, fancy term, but trust me, if you are interested in making dough on the Internet, you got to know SEO. I guess that's the proper way to uh, abbreviate that so you don't have to keep saying search engine optimization on the radio. I like to say it because it makes me sound like I'm, you know, educated. Uh, social networking, also big nowadays, too, via Facebook and Twitter. A lot of folks uh, getting on the on Facebook, and I think what's really interesting, Rich, and I don't know if you're noticing this, Facebook, where it originally started uh, in, in younger demos, is really moving across the board now. Uh, a lot of people are getting on Facebook, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50 on up, for a variety of reasons. For a lot of people, it's probably discovering friends, get, rekindling relationships with friends and family that may be all across the country. But of course, from your standpoint, the importance of Facebook, once again, gets tied into the marketing. I know we're going to talk to Aaron about that later on in the uh, the show, but 
we've talked on previous shows about the value of it. For you, it's been a very, a very much a learning experience, but you're, you're coming to find out that it is important to have a, a definite footprint on Facebook. Well, it's not just important, it's vital. Um, Forbes just did a study that said that if you're not heavily into Facebook and Twitter as marketing, then you'll no longer have a business in the next five years. So it's something that everybody has to be involved with. Yeah, definitely something to pay attention to when it's got the uh, the Forbes moniker along with it. One of the things we like to do on the show, feature-wise, is uh, three-pointer. It's a uh, an opportunity for us to talk about some of the hot items that are featured on redstonecollectiblesonline.com. Once again, pay attention to this website because when you get a chance to get on there sometime this weekend, you're going to really enjoy some of the items that are on Rich's website, which is redstonecollectiblesonline.com. You also have the website sellmeyourcollectibles.com. Kind of give me an idea between the two, the, the difference. Well, redstonecollectiblesonline.com is our vehicle for selling unique, one-of-a-kind memorabilia and collectibles. And um, we, we have things that nobody else has. They're very unique and they're, they're great gift ideas and not only gift ideas, but they're great investments because the limited supply of them makes them uh, just really valuable. And Sell Me Your Collectibles takes us in the other direction. This is an opportunity for people that have items that, that want to present them to you. Is that an opportunity for them to sell? Yes. I, the way the economy is these days, I mean, I get uh, 30 emails a day from people that want to sell me their collections or they want me to help them with my um, expertise, sell their collectibles, or we also do appraisals for large collections. So even if you're not interested in selling your uh, collectibles and memorabilia to our company, we can do a great job in marketing uh, your, your collections for you. The three-pointer featured, this is the item, uh, these are the items that we're talking about today. Uh, these are currently featured on redstonecollectiblesonline.com. Uh, I'm going to jump past the, the ball card just for a moment and talk a little bit about the Wayne Gretzky memorabilia. Because what is great about this, and we've mentioned this word before, and that word is provenance, it's the backstory that you can get with a collectible item. The Wayne Gretzky memorabilia has a very compelling backstory that really makes it valuable. Yeah, and it's also how important internet marketing is. The The fellow that acquired this collection, uh, his name is Jerry Donnelly, who works as a statistician at the, Ranger, at the New York Rangers game. He's employed by the NHL as a referee, and he, he acquired this um, memorabilia, the Wayne Gretzky collection, and the last game that Wayne played in, which was um, April 18th, 1999. And it's, it's a very neat uh, group of items uh, two game-use pucks that were signed and dated by Gretzky also says on there, my last game. Um, a lapel pin that was issued to all team employees, media, and NHL off-ice officials. Um, a New York Rangers special issue media notes from the game. And a credential issued to all the NHL referees for the game signed by Wayne Gretzky. And as a matter of fact, this was the last thing that Wayne did before he left the stadium, was sign this uh, credential for um, for Mr. Donnelly. One of the items featured on uh, redstonecollectiblesonline.com, the other one we're talking about in the world of sports is the, uh, the Whitey Ford 1951 Bowman card. And really, when you're talking about a card from 1951, your expectations of that card being anywhere near good shape have to be slim to none for a card that is 60 years old. But this is a different card. Yeah, and it was something that I felt that we needed to talk about because we're going to talk about uh, baseball cards later um, what it is, it's a 1951 Bowman Whitey Ford number one rookie card, and it's, and it's rated by SGC 88. There's only two cards graded higher in the hobby. It, I mean, it looks just like a new card. It's pristine. It has sharp corners, 
great glass, and it's very valuable, probably worth around $8,000. Um, the, the nice thing about it is, as I mentioned before in the other show, that generally you need some kind of catalyst in order to sell your, your important memorabilia. And Whitey Ford, I think he's about 88, 89 years old, and I don't want to be crude about it, but when, when Mr. Ford is... Uh, passes away, that'll make this card a lot more valuable. Well, once again, that's the flip side to the memorabilia business. You know, unfortunately, that a lot of these items, that's a key factor. Once that person's not around to sign anything anymore, or there will no longer be any new memorabilia while they're living, it, it makes a huge difference on the price. Oh, absolutely. And, and this card in particular, there's probably only 10 in the whole world that are anywhere as nice as this, and that's what makes it so valuable. A couple other things on the, uh, the the list. I know it's typically we talk about three, but we, we want to cheat a little bit because a couple of these are cool, and I just want to mention them briefly because we have to get into the break before we bring Aaron on to talk about uh, his internet marketing expertise here on Net Profits. You've got an original vintage 1950s Playboy bunny and bunny tail framed in excellent condition. Actually, the Playboy bunny is a stuffed animal. Uh, the bunny size... Now, see, I see, I got this messed up. This is—is is it 30 inches long by 14 inches wide? Yes. So it's like a little like gift they gave people when yeah, they went what to the What it clubs? was is that if you were if you if you sign up as a lifetime uh, charter member of the Playboy Club right in the early 50s, you were given one of these bunnies, and it's a, a very very unique item, one of a kind. There's there's probably only 10 of these in the whole world, also, and uh, also issued with that was a mounted uh, bunny tail. So this is something, and the new show that's going to be on TV in the fall coming up very soon is the uh, Playboy Mansion in Chicago, and this will be a really hot item when that show starts to air. Also on uh, RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com, 15 first edition signed books by the great author John Grisham. So you're going to want to check that out as well. There's a, a pretty heavy-duty list that we'll have to get to another time, but there's a reason to get on to Redstone Collectibles Online today and check this out if you're a John Grisham fan. One-of-a-kind stuff, because what's cool here is we're talking about first edition and first printing. Very important stuff. Coming up in our next segment, we've got Aaron Walker in studio, internet marketing expert to share his thoughts and ideas as Net Profits continues here on News Talk 1430 WXNT. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. Unique collectibles that stand the test of time. Specializing in vintage collectibles, sports memorabilia, and rare and unique entertainment memorabilia. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com has a large selection and a wide range of collectible and memorabilia categories. Our sports card selections include PSA graded as well as ungraded sports cards from the world of baseball, football, and basketball. You'll also find authentic signed books, first edition books, and unique authenticated celebrity letters, like a letter from Francis Ford Coppola to Marlon Brando, imploring Brando to play the young Vito Corleone in Godfather 2. We also carry vintage Notre Dame National Championship football programs. Something for everyone. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. We know exactly how to realize great value for our customers. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. Morning, gentlemen. Want to hear our specials? Sure. First, we have the seafood special. It's been sitting around here for a week. We're known around these parts for our food poisoning. Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. 
It's called A1C, a simple blood test that can help measure your risk of complications such as heart attack. To find out more, go to www.diabetesa1c.org. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. I'm Shepard Smith from Fox News Channel. Keep your dial tuned right here. News Talk 1430 WXNT. Indy's exclusive home for Fox News. SellMeYourCollectibles.com. We want to buy your large collections. We want to buy your vintage baseball, football, and basketball cards pre-1975. We want to buy your vintage coins. We want to buy your vintage sports memorabilia and collectibles. We want to buy your vintage entertainment collectibles and memorabilia. If you have collectibles or memorabilia you'd like to sell, visit SellMeYourCollectibles.com to have us give you a quote for your items. We offer fair pricing, and we pay cash immediately for your items. Check out SellMeYourCollectibles.com. Sports collectibles, entertainment memorabilia, authentic sign collectibles, vintage baseball, basketball, and football cards, and more. Anything old or vintage. Visit SellMeYourCollectibles.com and drop us an email at ParkPlace01 at Yahoo.com. That's ParkPlace01 at Yahoo.com. Welcome back to Net Profits here on News Talk 1430 WXMT. Jim Burroughs along with Coach Rich Redstone and welcoming to the program a guest with some expertise in the world of internet marketing. And his name is Aaron Walker. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jim. Rich, thanks for having me, guys. It's great to have you. And I, I know Rich obviously knows you uh, quite a bit better than I do because uh, you've been doing a lot of work for Rich. So what I thought would be the most sensible first question would be to kind of guide me through you guys and and the process you've gone through so far with redstonecollectiblesonline.com because you know out there right now we've got people listening that are thinking about internet a business on the internet internet marketing what they need to do they can they can google advice till the the, the cows come home but you have done a lot of work with this you know your stuff so when rich approached you kind of guide me through how that works when somebody comes to you for help with launching on the internet well, basically, what what happened with uh, with Rich and I is he was looking for someone to help promote his online store um, for Redstone Collectibles Online, and uh, you know he was struggling with trying to figure out how to get that store into Google and into the major search engines and and get exposure, um, you know, and and he's got a very successful business model that he's working with, uh, you know, selling the collectibles and, and buying collectibles. And what I'm doing for him is is basically optimizing his store website and his uh, his sellmeyourcollectibles.com website um, to get that exposure in the search engines. When you have someone approach you about uh, doing that type of work, what what are you what are you wanting to hear right away, or what are you looking for right away to kind of? guide them in the right direction? Well, the first thing that, that anybody that wants to have any kind of success on the internet, buying, selling, um, you know, ad revenue, anything like that, um, they've got to have something that's valuable. They have to have something that's worth people looking for. You know, the, it, the information that they have to, to offer and the content that's available, the items that they're selling. Um, I can't help someone be successful if they don't have something valuable, something that people want. Well, and you hit the nail right on the head because you know what I'm thinking of is when you go out in your car on any given day and you're driving around, you pass by these little strip malls. Well, there's a storefront. Boom. You see the business. The internet isn't like that. You don't get in a car. You have to have something that's going to take you 
to that website, something that's going to make you want to go to that website. So that you hit the nail on the head. That has got to be the cornerstone of it. It is. Um, in in the real world, every day, like you mentioned, going you know down the street in your car um, and you see a store, location is everything. If someone drives past you every day and sooner or later when the time comes that they need something, they're going to stop in and visit your store. Um, on the Internet, it's a little bit different, but location is still key because um, not a lot of people search past the first couple pages of a search engine. You know, if you look in Google and you type in a search for something and there's six million results, you know, the guy that's at six million, do you really think anybody's clicking him? <laughs> I mean, no one gets to page 127 on Google. Yeah. Um, it's it's ideally the first page is where you want to be, um, and it takes a while to get there. But even in the first five pages, you can see some benefit, um, you know, of, of traffic increase and, and generating some uh, some business. Now, Rich, with your background, and we've talked about your background with uh, with a couple of shows now, with the Chicago Water Trade, your experience there, your experience as an entrepreneur, you're not the kind of guy that just jumps into something without learning, without investigating, without knowing. So prior to your conversation with Eric, did you have some ideas in mind with what you were looking to get done? Well, I had already had a, a pretty successful eBay store, but... I had a professionally done website, and what happened is nobody was finding me. I wasn't selling anything on the website. So in, in order for people to find you, if you're not very high up on the search engines, you'll never sell anything at all. It doesn't even matter what your content is. So after talking with, with Aaron and a few other people, I realized that, that Aaron's a very hard worker, and he really enjoys what he's doing, and he's made a major difference already in the business. I still think we're, we're in such the infancy stage with the Internet as the way commerce basically is, is, is motivated and run in this country, because I still think a lot of people are reluctant to jump into it as a regular place to go to buy and sell, but they're getting there. It's generational. I, I think as time goes by, it's going to become more the norm. You, and you understand what I'm saying. I, I still think... We're still real early in learning really what makes this thing tick and go because it's an amazing thing. Well, in in e-commerce or, or internet commerce, um, what you're what you're up against is the challenge of people um, trusting you. You know, it, it goes back to reputa reputation and, and trust. Um, someone doesn't want to go online and put their personal information in and spend a bunch of money if they don't trust you, um, and that's another area of marketing that you have to focus on in order to become successful. Um, if you're tops in the search engine in, in Google or Bing or any of these other search engines, it's not going to do you any good if people go to your site but don't trust you. They, you know, you don't have some kind of a reputation and you build that through social media, um, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, various media outlets that build a reputation for you that people get to kind of know you. They get to see and read your posts. They get to see a picture of you. Um, they they know where you're located at in real life um, as opposed to just the online presence. It's an interesting way to look at it, though, because what, what, you, what you're saying is much like when you're driving around shopping, that store that just looks kind of eh. You're not going to go to. Same thing with a website. Exactly. If it just doesn't grab you, if there's something about it you don't see. And the one thing, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what jumped out at me right away with Rich's site, redstonecollectiblesonline.com, is I, I love the collage. I thought it was very cool. Whoever designed that, if that was you or whoever put that together, grabs your attention. But also, too, you know, you've got the, the, the money-back guarantee logo. You've got a lot right away that I think makes people feel at ease with venturing into this website as a potential place to buy. Yeah, and, and that's it. And and 
by linking it up to the Facebook and to the Twitter and having his eBay feedback. You know, people can go on there and check where he sold thousands of items on eBay and he's always got excellent feedback and things like that. And those are the things that you want to have in place. You want to be able to um, link all of those things together. And people are often skeptical about, um, you know, when they're starting an online business or they're, and they're doing a website and they're trying to figure out how to, you know, make money online, whether it's buying, selling, um, you know, like I said, ad revenue, different things like that. Um, it, it really comes down to using all of the tools available as opposed to trying one or two things that, you know, may work or it may not work as well as you wanted it to. And then you just give up and, and you can't do that. You have to really stay focused. You have to have the discipline and the desire to be successful and take all of the tools that are available and use each one effectively together. And have realistic expectations. I think if there's one thing you always hear about with people, especially small businesses, sometimes people just don't understand that you just don't jump in because you've got a few bucks in the bank and you can make a business work, that it takes time to develop via word of mouth, via just the the fact that your reputation has to build, that people will come to you, they'll learn more about you, and there's so much involved with it. And Rich, you know this better than anybody with the businesses you've run. So tell me how you, when you made the leap into the internet from from the eBay store to an actual website, you probably had some hesitancy, some thoughts in your mind about, is this something I really need to do, want to do? And looking at it, because I think a lot of people out there are intimidated by it. Will I understand it? Will I be able to make it work? And will it make sense to me? Yeah, and and the issue of uh, Facebook and Twitter, I mean, I have to admit that I was never a big Facebook fan, but as time goes on, I I think Facebook might be the most important uh, business concept now and probably in the next couple years. And, And if you don't use those tools effectively, then you really can't maximize efficiency with internet marketing. And still very early on in the process. So what do you, what do you tell people, Aaron, that, that come to you that uh, have a little bit of that skepticism, that are, they're, they're just reluctant, but you know, you know for a fact, after they've talked to you about their business, the Internet makes sense to them. So how do you, what do you tell them? What do, what, do you, what do you say to them to make them understand the potential here? Well, the, the problem is... is, is very rarely does anyone actually understand it, sure. <laughs> and that's kind of the that's kind of the the thing that I have to overcome, um, because people don't you know they don't have a, a big grasp on the technology that's that's out there, and people don't understand. Computers look at things one way. People look at things a different way. And what you've got, what you're you're actually competing against yourself because you're trying to optimize everything and promote it in a way that Google and Bing and Yahoo and all these different search engines are going to see you and recognize you and put you on their first page. Um, the problem with that is, is the way that the search engines determine who has valuable information and who has valuable products is not the same way that a person does. So when I'm talking to people about the techno, you know, the technology side of things, um, they don't get it. You know, it's it's X's and, and O's and ones and zeros. It's you know, the computer is looking at this thing. Um, but at the same time, you you can't optimize only for those things to 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 make yourself work in Google or in, in Bing or whatever, um, because then when somebody goes to your website, it's not going to make sense to the person that you're trying to sell your product to. Um, so, you know, going back to, to using everything effectively together, you have to understand that you have to look at it from two different sides when you're doing this. And that's what people don't grasp. You know, they look at a website, they read it. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It looks good. The website's great, whatever. But the search engine may think that it's 
useless and not put it anywhere near the top of the of the page. So you kind of have to find a happy medium. What the what the computers like, what the people like. And, and what's going to work for you know for for the customer ultimately valuable valuable information and you know I'm looking forward to having you back because I know there's a lot to cover and it, it, it can, can be overwhelming and I don't, we don't want to do that because we want to make sure that everybody understands the process what's involved and there's a lot of different things we'll probably feature when you come back uh, in weeks ahead to talk a little bit more in depth about search engine optimization and things like that so people can understand it a little bit better. Can you give us real quick your contact info if somebody's interested in getting in touch with you about internet marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can reach me by phone at uh, 765-470-1113 uh, or by email at awmarketing76 at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm actually in the process of setting up my own website. Thank you very much, Aaron. Look forward to seeing you again. All right, coming up in the uh, second half hour here on Net Profits, we're going to talk all cards. Oh, yeah, we're going to have some serious conversations about baseball cards and tell you a few of my nightmare stories about the cards I wish I still had when Net Profits continues on WXNT. SellMeYourCollectibles.com we want to buy your large collections. We want to buy your vintage baseball, football, and basketball cards pre-1975. We want to buy your vintage coins. We want to buy your vintage sports memorabilia and collectibles. We want to buy your vintage entertainment collectibles and memorabilia. If you have collectibles or memorabilia you'd like to sell, visit SellMeYourCollectibles.com to have us give you a quote for your items. We offer fair pricing and we pay cash immediately for your items. Check out SellMeYourCollectibles.com. Sports collectibles, entertainment memorabilia, authentic sign collectibles, vintage baseball, basketball, and football cards, and more. Anything old or vintage. Visit SellMeYourCollectibles.com and drop us an email at ParkPlace01 at Yahoo.com. That's ParkPlace01 at Yahoo.com. In November 2004, Jose was sentenced to eight years for committing a gun crime. His wife and two sons were left alone. Today I want to talk to you about being arrested. My family has suffered immensely. They're the ones that really suffered the most for my decisions that I've made in my life. What would you tell young kids? Just think about your family first. The family always comes first and your family is always going to be there for you. When you commit a gun crime, your family serves the sentence with you. Gun crimes hit home. Brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. News Talk, 1430 AM. WXNT. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. Unique collectibles that stand the test of time. Specializing in vintage collectibles, sports memorabilia, and rare and unique entertainment memorabilia. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com has a large selection and a wide range of collectible and memorabilia categories. Our sports card selections include PSA graded as well as ungraded sports cards from the world of baseball, football, and basketball. You'll also find authentic signed books, first edition books, and unique authenticated celebrity letters like a letter from Francis Ford Coppola to Marlon Brando imploring Brando to play the young Vito Corleone in Godfather 2. We also carry vintage Notre Dame National Championship football programs. Something for everyone. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com We know exactly how to realize great value for our customers. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com Get on it! back to Net Profits here on News Talk 1430 WXNT. I'm Jim Burrows along with the coach, Ray 
Rich Redstone. Rich, how are you? How's it going, Jim? We're having a good time, as always, on Net Profits. And uh, an even better time today, thanks to our guest, uh, Aaron Walker, who on the last segment shared his expertise as an internet marketing expert. And uh, Aaron's going to hang out a little bit here to see if he can't interject in our conversation we are about to have about an item that I would imagine for a good chunk of the population, people have come across sometime in their lifetime, and that is, and I'm not going to say baseball cards, I'm going to say sports cards, because there was a time, really, for the most part, outside of baseball and then football, secondarily, that was pretty much it. But now, it's it's gone into a whole different world, and we'll talk about that in a second. But Rich, you brought up some interesting stuff that we want to get into for people that have ball card collections. Uh, things to be aware of in terms of how to treat the collection and where to go with it if you're looking to potentially sell it and maybe some things to pay attention to if you're looking to buy. The first thing I would have to say is where is the hobby? Because obviously the last several years have not been kind to the world of sports cards. Well, what happened was that when everybody saw that very old baseball cards and football cards before 1975 became great investments, then all the card companies came in and started manufacturing tons and tons of them, and they made them out of plastic so they didn't degenerate at all. So what happened is everybody ran in and thought they'd be great investments, but when there were millions and millions of them made, it was soon discovered that the cards weren't worth anything. Yeah, and you literally, when you look at it, what's really interesting for card uh, hobbyists out there is 75, the top set was that that fancy-looking, 70s-looking, multicolored set of cards. The 76, 77, 78 tops, I, I don't know if you'd even be able to sell those if you had those sets. Their truthfully value is, is minimal on those. And then you had about a decade where the card hobby was pretty quiet. Then in the early 80s, you had Fleer and Donruss all of a sudden show up. And one of them, if not both of them, somewhere along the line, they, they learned about the subsets, these rookie sets, these secondary sets that you could come out with and then potentially limit the numbers. So they started to learn some techniques to really bring people out there to buy more cards, didn't they? Yeah, but th their their goal is different than the hobbyist goal. Their goal is to make as much money as they can as quickly as they can. So by selling lots and lots of cards, they're still making money, but what's happening is the public is suffering from it. So the bottom line is I consider uh, baseball, uh, sports cards in general to be investments. And if you're careful about the way you approach it, they're, they're a lot better than stocks are, I think, and I've been in the stock trading business pretty much my whole life. So I would say to you that if you're careful, they can be a lot better investment than, than stocks. And I can give you a good example of my experience with it, too. When, you, when you're talking about baseball cards, a lot of stories, a lot of players that, that are collectible. Football, yeah, a good number, not as many as baseball. I mean, truly, baseball cards are still truly the... The, the sport card to collect. Hockey, well, you know, you got to travel a little north of here before you, you get some value. Basketball cards, now, a little bit different. And I always thought one of the most embarrassing things about basketball was one of the greatest collectible cards for basketball was probably one of the, to me, now this is just me speaking, one of the cheesiest looking cards ever, and that was the three-panel Larry Bird Magic Johnson card, which is considered their rookie card. But talk about a cheesy sports card. Yeah, it has three panels and it has a serrated edge. And a lot of people, when they first got them, they would tear them apart. And, of course, that made the, the card worthless pretty much. But, no, I agree with you. It doesn't look very good. That was that was a top saying to the NBA, yeah, we're not real, we're not real excited about you, so we're just going to put three players on one card. Is that okay with you? <laughs> and then you jump ahead to the Michael Jordan era, and that's when basketball cards became, as far as current day. Now, there's older basketball cards that are very collectible, 50s and 60s, definitely. But the 8687 FLIR set that you have on redstonecollectiblesonline.com, I used to own not just the set of cards, but the stickers. 
And that's hard to find because they actually, for a few years, not only just had the cards, but they had a second set of stickers that came with it. Now, the 8687, what's weird about this is you didn't have NBA cards for a while. This, con- this is considered Michael Jordan's rookie card, even though he's already been in the league for a few years. Yeah, not only Michael Jordan, but uh, Charles Barkley and Hakeem Olajuwon and uh, Drexler and, and, and a number of the, the real big stars. Carl uh, Malone. So there's a lot of bang for your buck in the 86 Fleer, especially if it's in near mint condition. And it was a good thing it was Barkley then, because Barkley now would not fit on a standard card. <laughs> but that 86-87 Fleer set is pretty amazing. Not the prettiest looking card. The, the Jordan photo is pretty cool in there. But I remember when I bought that set, I got, uh, I think I paid 300 bucks for it and oh, sold wow. it for just a little bit more. And now it's just fa- amazing to see you know, where, where it's gone. But that, that truly is uh, the, the, the holy grail of basketball sets. If you can get a full set of 86, 87 Fleer, that's, that's the big thing. How important is it, and I guess maybe this comes back to one of the things I've always talked to you about, is when you get into a hobby or in a, into a, a, a collectible situation, you really need to know what you want to do. Do you want to collect a player, just the, a team? Do you want to collect full sets? That, that is important to know where you want to go with your card collection, isn't it? Yeah, collecting sets is a really big thing now. Um, one of the authentication companies, PSA, actually licenses um, older sets and newer sets, and and um, the condition of them is listed right on their website. So it, it's become extremely collectible, the sets of cards. And, of course, it's pretty difficult to get a, a whole set of, say, 575 baseball cards where they're all in really good condition, and that's why they're worth so much. Now, the modern era cards, what's really unique about this, and I think Upper Deck really set the standard with this, was once you got into modern technology with, with lasers and, and, and very, very sharp photography on cards, because all of us know Topps cards over the years don't typically wear too well. The Topps Baseball Card Company, which has been the premium card company, and now I believe is exclusive to baseball. I believe they have the exclusive rights to baseball cards in general. But... The cards from 89 on up to now, it, it's different. I mean, the card stock, they're, they're thicker. It's a better quality type card. You really feel like when you are spending the money that you at least are getting something that you can keep in good shape, that you can protect, that will stand the test of time if protected properly. Well, I'd say the cards from the, the mid-90s um, have a half-life of about 10,000 years. They can't be destroyed. I mean, they're made they're, out they're of amazing, really they? hard plastic, but that's why they're not worth anything. Back when I was a kid collecting cards... The ugly tops cards that you're referring to, I put them in my spokes and my bicycle, and we'd be rolling around, and that would ruin them. And then every kid did the same thing, and that's why they're so valuable now because there's just not very many of them around. Tops had some creativity, though. I remember the one set that they had that was like a, a an old TV set. That was uh, one of the cards they did. So every once in a while, they tried to, to to set themselves apart a little bit in terms of let's be a little creative. But really, they, they were it outside of Bowman, right? Being involved in the card hobby, there wasn't a whole lot going on until the, the the 80s with other companies. No, they didn't have much competition and st- and, until card company Bowman that you mentioned. Yeah, they, Fleer later came into it, but. When, when the competition came in is when Tops really started making money, and that's when everybody jumped into the hobby because they found that they could actually make money uh, selling sports cards. Now, here's the big $64,000 question to you as a, as a businessman and entrepreneur that knows the collectibles market. And, and I kind of look at this like I would look at buying and selling gold right now. You know, when do you get in? When do you not get in? And I, I look at the, the baseball version of it, which is a Hall of Famer. So I want to buy a Mickey Mantle card from the 50s or 60s. You know if that card is in semi-decent shape, it is going to cost you money. Is it still worth buying? 
Well, Mickey Mantle is the standard of the hobby and as it always has been and probably always will be. Um, any Mantle card, I mean, it fluctuates in value just like the stock market does, but if you get one in really good condition, there's not that many of them, and I, I consider them to be excellent investments. And how does his card fluctuate, like a Mantle, like a Maze, like a Ted Williams when they're gone? I mean, what, what affects the value still? Because you know, present day guys, if something comes out controversial that may, like the Mark McGuire Olympic rookie card that used to be extremely expensive, now you get next to nothing, like a Barry Bonds rookie card. But what about a, a player that's gone? I mean, how does, how does it fluctuate with a player like that? Well, Mantle has a special story. Whenever there's a special story about somebody, you know, he had kind of a tragic life and, you know, he died early and his, and his father died early. So that was always hanging over his head. So it's kind of like the Kurt Cobain or anybody that's similar to that. When, when their life is cut short, that makes the, the collectible that much more valuable. And I think that's the case with Mantle. Yeah, if you've ever seen the uh, HBO special they did on Mickey Mantle, man, that was an awesome. It was only an hour. I mean, it could have gone on and on, but yeah, it just uh, it summarized just the whole entire experience. Aaron, I know you had to have ball cards when you were a little kid. I, I did actually, um, and it's funny that you guys started talking about the uh, the the eighty six, eighty seven, you know, those those years uh, in the mid you know mid to late eighties, and that's actually when I first started kind of getting into the to the cards. And so, unfortunately for me, uh, I was getting into it at the wrong time, <laughs> as as Rich said. Who'd you collect? Uh, I mean, what were you uh, looking to well, get? Well, I I was into basketball. Me and my brother were were really big into basketball at the time, and. Uh, Jordan and Barkley and, and you know Elijah one all those guys I mean those were those were the premier players of of the decade and um, I'll never forget thinking you know how great it was I had all these cool cards you know from from upper deck at the time I think was was the premier you know cards um, later into the to the 80s and, and 90s um, but I had a, a ton of upper deck cards that were Jordan cards and you know they were relatively rare and, and then Jordan you know retires and and the values go through the roof and I remember sitting back thinking oh great you know 10 20 years from now this card is going to be ridiculously expensive and and I've got it and it just never happened <laughs> you know it's one of those things that uh, like Rich said there's so many of them out there I mean <clears throat> it just the the value doesn't increase like like it does of something where you know there's three or four or five of them around the whole world you know these are cards that there's hundreds of them just floating around so uh, so I kind of missed the boat on on the the really high end collectible cards but um, you know there's there's plenty of other collectible items out there that that do pique my interest and I I spend a lot of time on Rich's website going through some of the stuff he's got because he he has some really really amazing stuff. Yeah, well, I'm hoping, you know, as the show gets into the holidays, Rich will really want to give me that Wayne Gretzky memorabilia. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk hot or not, and we're going to continue our conversation about uh, baseball cards because there is more to discuss, especially how to take care of those cards. Uh, talk about certain cards that uh, you may want to keep your eyes open for that are out there right now. Uh, a lot in the conversation that you're going to find interesting, especially if you've got ball cards now, you're thinking about getting back into the hobby. We'll give you more advice on that coming up as Net Profits continues here on Newstalk 1430 WXNT. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. Unique collectibles that stand the test of time. Specializing in vintage collectibles, sports memorabilia, and rare and unique entertainment memorabilia. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com has a large selection and a wide range of collectible and memorabilia categories. Our sports card selections include PSA graded as well as ungraded sports cards from the world of baseball, football, and basketball. You'll also find authentic signed books, 
first edition books and unique authenticated celebrity letters, like a letter from Francis Ford Coppola to Marlon Brando, imploring Brando to play the young Vito Corleone in Godfather 2. We also carry vintage Notre Dame National Championship football programs, something for everyone. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. We know exactly how to realize great value for our customers. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. Having trouble with math or science homework? Call Rose Holman Institute of Technology's Homework Hotline, a free math and science tutoring service for Indiana students in grades 6 to 12. Call toll-free 1-877-ASK-ROSE from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday through Thursday. And a Rose Holman College student will help you with your math or science questions. The tutors are patient, smart, and pretty cool. Remember, it's a free service and a free call. That's 1-877-ASK-ROSE or visit askrose.org. After Rush, tune in for The Dennis Miller Show, weekdays at 3, Fox News Talk, 1430 WXNT. com. We want to buy your large collections. We want to buy your vintage baseball, football, and basketball cards pre-1975. We want to buy your vintage coins. We want to buy your vintage sports memorabilia and collectibles. We want to buy your vintage entertainment collectibles and memorabilia. If you have collectibles or memorabilia you'd like to sell, visit sellmeyourcollectibles.com to have us give you a quote for your items. We offer fair pricing, and we pay cash immediately for your items. Check out sellmeyourcollectibles.com. Sports collectibles, entertainment memorabilia, authentic sign collectibles, vintage baseball, basketball, and football cards, and more. Anything old or vintage. Visit sellmeyourcollectibles.com and drop us an email at parkplace01 at yahoo.com. That's parkplace01 at yahoo.com. This is Net Profits on News Talk 1430 WXNT. Hope you're having a great morning. Thanks for joining us again here on WXNT as we talk about the Internet and just exactly what Net Profits is all about. Quick reminder, it's a clearinghouse of information on how to buy and sell on the net using eBay, Craigslist, selling through your own website, social networking, Facebook and Twitter, all that good stuff that a lot of folks are finding out is a great way to not just supplement the income, but maybe tell that company you're working for, hey, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm making some serious money on the net. Time for me to go. And Rich Redstone, the coach, is here in studio, and Rich has done that, and he is sharing his expertise, his advice, and sometimes uh, the learning curve as well, not always the good stuff. You, you, oftentimes you're telling us things you've learned the hard way as far as making your way on the net. Yes, I've learned lots of things along the last 10 years, which I've really been serious about buying and selling memorabilia. And one of the things I learned very quickly was that don't buy anything that isn't limited in supply. That's the name of the game. Because if you do, and there's any kind of bad news about something, the, the value of it goes down considerably in a hurry. And that is interesting that you bring that up because we were talking in the last segment about baseball cards. And to me, that's what really changed the, the present era of ball cards with these other companies that came on board, especially in the 90s into the early 2000s, was they really got into that limited in terms of bringing out cards that were numbered to a certain point or autograph cards there was only maybe 10 or 20 of, that type of thing. So that was a huge thing, especially in the sports card hobby. 
Yeah, that's the only thing that makes current cards really worth anything is the limited the refractors and the the limited supply of you know like they'll have a card with part of the Boston Garden on it and something that they at least they say was limited to a thousand cards. Now, whether you can believe that or not, I think it's open to a question. Well, it's always interesting too because I was a member of the years they've done a lot of this with uh, sports stadiums where they've gone in and they've literally uh, cut up the actual seats in the stadium into. Maybe a good what ten million pieces, and they sell them on a uh, in a matted frame as a limited edition piece of memorabilia from the stadium. <clears throat> Somebody's making some serious jack off that. That's a <laughs> that's a good money maker, and that, that that's more of a novelty, I know. But it's one thing you got to be aware of that there is, especially in the sports card business, uh, it, it pays to investigate and know what you're looking at and to find out if it truly is, like you said, legitimately limited. Well, sometimes it's really hard to tell what the manufacturers tell you is true may not be true, and that's why I like to concentrate on things that I know are limited in supply, um, old football programs, old basketball programs, um, old sports cards where I know they're not making any more of them, and I, and I know that um, the, the published amounts of each one are accurate. Now, you talk about uh, numbers, with the numbers in the cards. Is that still true today, high numbers, low numbers, or is that more of the older cards that used to be that way, where the, the high number cards, there were less of in the set? So if you had a set of 500 tops baseball cards, those 400 to 500, not too many of those compared to the 100, 200, 300s. Right. It, it, a lot of people just collect high number cards, and the reason is, uh, as the season progressed back in the, say, 50s and 60s, um, all the kids would buy the, they'd be excited about the season and they'd buy lots of cards at the beginning of the season. But then when you meet, reach the midpoint, they kind of got tired of it. So the manufacturers, mostly tops, started printing a lot less of the high number cards. And there's a lot of, less of them in circulation. And that's why there were so much more. Now we're talking about uh, collectability. If you were to tell somebody today, if somebody had a thousand bucks to spend on cards, where would you tell them to go first? Well, you mentioned. Uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. I don't think you can go wrong with a with a, with their rookie card that's in near mint condition. Well, I have not checked the the number lately. Where is that right now in terms of uh, book value, like Beckett value, or what do they put? Well, that? I, you know what? I have one for sale. On it, it's a BVG uh, nine, and it's worth about about eight hundred dollars. Now those perforations and all that really add to that card. You got to be careful, don't you? Because you don't you don't want to buy one where one of the panels is just about ready to fall off. Now, usually the cards you're buying are already encapsulated in that plastic and they're already graded. So, I would say you can't go wrong with with that rookie card because it's got two stars on it, not just one. That's going to sound like a no-brainer question, but I would imagine too that if you do buy a card that has been graded that is safely uh, inside one of those devices, that that's really the way to go. Uh, generally, that's true if you're looking for uh, cards as investments, but there's a lot of people that don't like the whole graded card industry. They think it's a scam to some extent, and you know I don't want to get into the details of it, but there's conflict of interest between companies that grade cards and actually own them. Also, for example, um, if you have a Mickey Mantle um, rookie card and you want to get it graded and you think it's a, a near-mint card, the people that own the card that work for the card companies are not going to want to grade that card higher than their own. So, and then there's a there's a the card industry is stratified in the sense that some people would rather trade ungraded cards because they don't want to go to the trouble and the expense of getting the card graded, and they also are um, 
a little bit skeptical of the of the grading system. Now, I'm still a firm believer in in buying packs because I I, I had a great uh, instance in, in our family. I was out mowing the grass one day, and uh, my son Blake had gone to a, a Meyer store, bought a couple packs of hockey cards, and this is post the Gretzky era, so you had Super Mario as the as the big superstar, and he, he bought. A dollar ninety nine pack of tops cards. He opens it up, and in there is uh, number fifty two out of sixty six. Sixty six was Lemieux's number. An autographed Lemieux card, and right away it had a two hundred fifty dollar value. Now I don't think it's fluctuated a whole lot recently, but I know there you go. There's a great example of what can happen. Well, what's interesting about packs that you mentioned is if you go back a few years, the packs when they're unopened and they have the possibility of having a Mario Lemieux rookie card in there are actually worth more than the rookie card might be because it's the it's the thrill of the chase, you know, for one of a better way of putting it. Yeah, your tip of the week this week goes back to the ball cards and what you're saying here, Rich, is buy in quantity. Yes. Um now some people can't afford this, but my my tip of the week is Try to buy vintage baseball cards on Craigslist. Put some ads in in cities that are within 50 miles of, say, Indianapolis, and you'll get a lot of responses. But the key is to buy cards that are actually worth something. And what you need to do is try to buy it in quantity, not buy one and two at a time. And then what you do is you sell them individually. And if you you have some, again, you need knowledge of what you're doing. But if you can buy vintage baseball cards in quantities, you're going to make some money. Now, this is just me being a little bit sentimental here, but there is one card that I have kept that's on the uh, bookshelf in my office. It's in a nice, big, thick, screw-down case. It's card number one, 1989, Upper Deck, Ken Griffey Jr. Perfect, and and all all accounts as far as the the centering. Of course, Upper Deck was pretty good anyway as far as that was concerned. The hologram is centered on the back of it, but I kind of always looked at, at that card as... what really kicked it off, what really ignited the hobby in the late 80s into the 90s, and that was the the big card, which of course kind of went against the the traditional, the the higher end cards. That was card number one in the upper deck set. Yeah, it certainly um, started upper deck on the uh, path of greatness, you might say, and um, now upper deck kind of concentrates on uh, authentic signatures. They've gotten into the business heavy duty and people have a lot of trust in in their holograms and the fact that the stuff is actually authentic. I think one thing that I really just get a kick out of looking with sports cards is when you see a, a guy's rookie card and especially with Griffey just such a young kid in that photo and of course you know I'm a firm believer that had that guy had a healthy career Barry Bonds would have never been you know, Griffey would have been the home run king. And I would safely say he probably would have hit 800 home runs. I mean, the guy just had one of the sweetest swing, swings ever in baseball. It was just such a great ball player. But I love looking at those rookie cards because, of course, you know, going back to it, you see Barry Bonds' rookie when he weighed, what, 160, 180, before he uh, discovered that uh, magic stuff that <laughs> ballooned into, what was he, three, 350 uh, toward the end of his career? A little uh, William Conrad size before he uh, retired, left the baseball <laughs> park. But, uh, he also had the biggest head I've ever seen. <laughs> but that's what's great about you know ball cards. I mean, seriously, right. when you see the rookie, and even the, the classic 52 mantle, I mean, there's the kid, there's the Mick, and it's just such a cool thing because there's their, your, their youth captured. I think of that with Derek Jeter. If you ever see some of Derek Jeter's rookie cards, I had never seen a skinnier ball player in all my life. You know, not that Jeter's ever been a big guy, but even more so. You could tell this is just a kid right out of his teens that playing ball, and uh, it, it's such a cool thing to see. We, we mentioned earlier Bird and Magic, and I, I want to kind of tie that into the hot or not, because we always like to talk about things to, to maybe check out, things to stay away from. So we talked about Bird and Magic, but is Larry Bird in general, is he collectible? Um, 
Yeah, generally yes. I mean, he's one. You know, he's, he's certainly one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But you know, he's, tough he's, autograph. He didn't sign all the time. Well, he does it. He does it. The Pacers games now. Which he'll, is good. He'll, he'll sign pretty much anything. And uh, um, yeah, he's certainly collectible. But I like his rookie card the best. If I'm gonna I'm, the signatures, I'm I'm dubious of. As a matter of fact, let me give you another tip. Try to collect things that aren't signed. There's just too many of them out there. Yeah, good point. How about Miracle on Ice, the hockey team that uh, that, that won the gold medal back in 1980? A lot of stuff out there for them, but uh, what, what, I guess ultimately it comes down to the one thing we talked about off-air is, is if you can get the team and the coach on an autographed picture, you're, you're golden. Yeah, it's a great collectible. Um, I have a, a puck from Miracle on Ice that's signed by Aruzioni, uh, Dave Silk, and Herb Brooks. And even when Herb Brooks was alive, he was kind of a curmudgeon, and he didn't like signing things anyway. So if you can find stuff that um, relates to the Miracle on Ice, that, that'd be a great collectible. Now bring up the point you made, because we'll get more into this as when football season starts, the NFL season, when it gets underway in September. We were talking about Baltimore Colts, Indianapolis Colts. Let's not get into that comparison just yet, but please do make the observation as we're talking about hot or not. What you said about the Baltimore Colts and their collectability as far as memorabilia for Baltimore. Yeah, anybody that's a serious NFL fan going back in years realizes the greatness of the, some of the old Baltimore Colts teams. I mean, Raymond Berry, uh, 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 Tom Matty, I mean, you can, you can name tons of players with them that were great players, and they did win a couple of championships. But what happens is when a team leaves a city or morphs into a different um, a different team name, what happens is the value of the old team uh, decreases significantly because there's not a fan base to support it anymore. So you, uh, case in point is the LA Rams of the 50s. They had some great teams with a fearsome force, some people remember, but the value of those programs relative to other things isn't that good. Rich, appreciate it. As always, appreciate the information. We're going to be back again next weekend with another edition of Net Profits. Aaron Walker was our guest earlier, the internet marketing expert. Aaron, real quick again, your phone number and your address. People can get in touch with you to get some information. Sure thing. Uh, you can reach me uh, by phone at 765-470-1113. You can reach me by email at awmarketing76 at gmail.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Glad that you made Net Profits part of your weekend here on News Talk 1430, WXNT, Indianapolis. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. Unique collectibles that stand the test of time. Specializing in vintage collectibles, sports memorabilia, and rare and unique entertainment memorabilia. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com has a large selection and a wide range of collectible and memorabilia categories. Our sports card selections include PSA graded as well as ungraded sports cards from the world of baseball, football, and basketball. You'll also find authentic signed books, first edition books, and unique authenticated celebrity letters, like a letter from Francis Ford Coppola to Marlon Brando, imploring Brando to play the young Vito Corleone in Godfather 2. We also carry vintage Notre Dame National Championship football programs, something for everyone. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com. We know exactly how to realize great value for our customers. RedstoneCollectiblesOnline.com.